Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Off the Books Podcast. As always, I am the lovely Taylor. And I, I'm a bad, bad person. <laughs> I'm Brandon. I'm here. But in terms of, like, being completely honest with our listener base, I, I was bad. You, you was real bad. <laughs> I am as blind to this episode as everyone listening currently is, because with everything going on at work, I did not have a chance to even start this book. <laughs> that's okay because you get to learn from it with me oh so you telling me you gonna learn today you gonna learn today sonny boy mm. with the snaps so, so i am the bad brandon but i am here and i am ready to I learn am very glad you're ready so let's learn so today learn we... me something <laughs> okay <son. laughs> so today we are going to be discussing We Were Never Here by Andrea Bart or our bestie, Andy. I'm saying that because I hope she listens because I love you. <laughs> yes, hope... I'm sorry, Miss Bartz. I did not read your book. I can't call you Andy yet because I don't... You don't deserve I... the no. Andy title. That's why she's Miss Bartz. <laughs> and she's... Okay, so she's in Spain right now. With yeah. her partner, and I'm very excited because I'm like watching all of her videos and like photos, and I'm just getting very jealous. Because oh, I've never so been to Spain. what you're saying is you're stalking her? No, I'm living vicariously through her. So you're stalking her on the internet? That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Let's get into the synopsis. <laughs> we got some shit to talk about after this episode, Miss <laughs> Taylor. Okay, Mr. Brandon. All right, so the synopsis for this book. Yes. So Emily is having a, the time of her life. She's in the mountains of Chile with her best friend, Kristen, on their annual, annual reunion trip. And the women are feeling closer than ever. But on the last night of their trip, Emily enters their hotel suite to find blood and broken glass on the floor. Kristen says the cute backpacker she'd been flirting with attacked her. She had no choice but to kill him in self-defense. Even more shocking, the scene is hor horrifyingly similar to last year's trip, when another backpacker wound up dead. Emily can't believe it's happening again. Can it, lightning really strike twice? Back home in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Yeah, I don't know why I put an N in there. <laughs> Wisconsin. Emily struggles to bury her trauma, driving head first into a new relationship and throwing herself into work. But when Kristen shows up for a surprise visit, Emily is forced <clears throat> to confront their violent past. The more Kristen tries to keep Emily close, the more questions Emily and her, uh, the more Emily questions her friend's motives. As Emily feels the walls closing in on their cover-ups, she must reckon the truth about her closest friend. Can she outrun the secrets she shares with Kristen, or will they destroy her relationship, her freedom, or even her life? Well, when you said she's gonna drive head first into this relationship i thought you were gonna say tree <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll get there oh, we'll get there so to start off this little bitty 
you have a nice little question for us. Well, yeah, but after listening to the synopsis, I don't think this bitch fucking counts. Yeah, it does. You got okay. this. You got this. You mm-hmm. have been put in charge of running heck. Mm-hmm. The afterlife for people not evil enough for hell. What's the first torture you design? It's mm, a good one. I think... Inc- Just a series of inconveniences. Mm-hmm. A series of inconveniences, mm. to me, are, is more painful than an actual torture device. Because, like, you know, you, you get up in the morning in, in heck, and there's no toothpaste in your the toothpaste tube. That's inconvenient, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you go to your, you know, your fake job in, in heck, and, like, the printer's out of ink or paper, mm. and you can't get in. You know, like, the smallest inconveniences that just make you so upset and ruin your whole day, that's, that's what I would dish out. See, I think I would have them just go through a series of doors. And there's rooms on the other side of the door with with people in there Mm. but every door is just oddly heavy so they look like a bitch trying to get through this door (laughs) struggling with it and it embarrasses them Mm. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and all the people inside are like look at this weak ass motherfucker got in fine but then just to fuck with them because they're gonna start hitting all the doors Mm -hmm. like they're all heavy doors just to fuck with them you throw a light door in there (laughs) So now they look like the asshole just walking around slamming doors open. <laughs> I think I think now that you brought up the door problem, I would love for every time somebody passes a door that their belt loop gets stuck on the door handle because that shit pisses me off. Like you're already having a bad day and then you're, you're, something catches on the door handle and then you like get thrown back. Like that's ugh, it's the fucking worst. Or like you're having a bad day and you try and get in your car and put the seatbelt on. The seatbelt won't go anywhere. <laughs> inconsistent or inconsistent. Yeah, it's inconsistent. Not no, inconsistent. it's in- inconvenient. Inconvenient. It's inconveniences that really make the, the, tr- the torture. All right. So that's heck. That's our version of the, of a uh, <laughs> hell, hell light. That's what we'll call it. Hell light. So allow us, well, allow Taylor Mm -hmm. to get into this book that none of us know about except for her. It feels like a little secret I have with Andy. (laughs) Not my Andy. My Andy. (laughs) Andy with an I, not a Y. Agreed. Got you. All right. That'd be concerning if you held a secret with him. (laughs) I, I mean, maybe I do. We'll talk after. No, we won't. Because that's a no, 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 no. No. You know what we're going to do? We're going to take that little thought right there, that little idea. We're going to put it in a box, okay? We're going to close that box up. We're going to tape it up. We're going to put it inside another box. We're going to tape that one up, throw it inside a third box, tape that one up. We're going to take it to the pit out back, throw it in there, and then we're going to set that bitch on fire. Hmm. That's what's going to happen with that little idea. Well, Andy and I have a lot to tell you. (laughs) I I feel very strongly about this. (laughs) So anyways, so this book starts out like it 
it's pretty what I would say not slow, but there's a lot of like information that you need to get get catch, catched up on, you know, like caught up on. Mhm. That was not English. Getting catched up on nowadays yeah. information mm-hmm. here. Yeah. So, I know that this I from seeing her at the Gaithersburg Book Festival. I cannot talk today. Yeah, you know, we went down there at that Gaither's Book Berg Festival. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, when she was talking about this book, she said that they're making, I think it was either a show or a movie off of this for Netflix. So, I understand how, by reading it and knowing that first, it's easier to, like, kind of tell when they're going to do certain things or hopefully they're going to do certain things because the very main portion of this book till I think maybe the last like 125 ish pages it feels like you can have like a lot of flashbacks um because it's it's obviously not modern time and she's talking about these same occurrences that happened in the past so I think having these flashbacks like while the main character Emily is figuring things out would be a really cool way to do it um but having said that so Emily and Kristen, they are almost 30, and they normally go on, like, these week-long trips, like, every year together. And Kristen lives in Australia for the past few years, and Emily lives in Milwaukee. So they are going to Chile this time for their little trip, and the year before that, they went to Cambodia. Well, in Cambodia, what you find out very early on in the book um that Emily was flirting with this guy and he was a backpacker he was flirting with her and she they always use fake names when they're out in like these other places so Emily is always named like her fake name when she introduces herself to people is Joan and Kristen's is always Nicole so it's just like kind of how girls do here like when you don't want Oh, girls do this every time. I've used a fake name all the time, especially in like Baltimore and Frederick. Like, mm-mm. all the time. You like if a guy yeah. wants to talk to you, you say like your name is something else, and then that that's your girlfriend right there. I uh, I have never had that problem because you've never been a prey in a predator prey situation. But but I've I've spoken to people when I'm out. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm not a creepy dude, at least on the, on the surface. I bet I bet if you ever met a person, a woman, I bet like six times out of ten, they've told you a fake name. I mean, I've also known a good bit of them afterwards. But like some people use their middle name or just a fake name completely. It's interesting. So mm. anyways, so in Cambodia, they... Uh, Emily, the main character, um, this is from her point of view the whole time. And she decides that she wants this like midnight, uh, one night stand thing with this random guy in Cambodia. She thought it would be like a fun little time. So her friend Kristen gives her like 45 minutes and she's like, hey, you know, I think my drink will take me 45 minutes or so to finish so you guys go have fun i'll be up at the room later kind of like giving her like you know hey you do what you want to do boo i'll be there soon 
So this guy ends up assaulting Emily. No, he actually does assault her because it is from her point of view. So he assaults her and Kristen walks in as the assaulting is starting to happen. Hmm. So she's, and she even is very realistic in this book. She said she's not raped. She wasn't raped. She was just sexually assaulted. You know, she was like, he was trying to force off her shirt. He like pushed her up against a wall, like very, very strong and aggressive and whatever. So Kristen does the only thing she can think of and grabs a lamp and bashes him in, in the back of the head. Well, when he goes down, she keeps hitting him. And then they realize he's dead. Emily's having a freaking heart attack because there's a dead guy in their room and she was actually assaulted. And her friend Kristen is there, like bloodshot eyes, you know, just going to town hitting the sky. And so they end up taking care of it. They take care of the body. They throw it off a cliff into a river in Cambodia and never speak of it again. So the whole year leading up to this new trip that we meet them at, she, you know, Emily was having a rough time. She's a lot of trauma. She's feeling guilty, you know, normal things when you were assaulted and killed a guy. And Kristen's being that support, you know, she's always there. She's always calling. She's always sending gifts. Like any chance she can be in person with Emily, she's there. So she kind of finally gets out of like her funk and like getting back to a normal life. Then they go on this trip to Chile. 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 And it's on... not the stuff they put on pasta out there in Cincinnati. That's Chile. Okay. Let... I don't have the good <laughs> accent. Okay. <laughs> so. That's why I'm the man of many voices. Yes. Yes, you are. So on their last night. Emily and Kristen are talking to this one other backpacker. And so Kristen is flirting with this guy hardcore. And I mean, Emily's like, hey, she helped me this whole past year. The least I could do is let her have this night, you know? So she's like, hey, you have a good time. It's probably going to take me about an hour to finish this drink. Wink, wink. So Kristen takes this guy up to their room. She... Emily's left at the bar and she notices that when she goes to pay she was pickpocketed and her wallet's missing and she doesn't have money to pay at the hotel bar so she's like you know trying to talk to this person in Spanish but she she's just so annoyed and emotional that she can't speak you know hey my wallet's missing stuff like that so she just takes her stuff and goes up back up to the room to find none other than Kristen with a broken wine bottle and her guy that she was with dead on the ground. So she instantly goes into play and she's like, you know, my, you know, Kristen was there for me when, you know, the backpacker assaulted me and Kristen's going crazy. Like he assaulted me. He assaulted me. I had to do something. I didn't know what to do. Uh, the closest thing to me was this wine bottle. And I, I didn't know it would kill him. I, I just tried to hit, get him away from me. So they get everything prepped. They put him, they put the, which is interesting. They put the top of his head and shoulders in his backpack and then carry him out to the car, their rental car, put him in the trunk 
um, after they wrap him in a shower curtain so that the blood doesn't get in the rental car. So then they take him out to one of the high mountaintops, dig like a two and a, uh, like two and a half meters like out from the road and bury him with, and burned his passport, his wallet, like all his IDs. And Kristen said she'd get rid of it when they got back, when she got back home to Australia because Emily still lives in with um, Milwaukee. So they get, they each go home. Emily is still like jittery and like, she's like, oh my God, somebody's going to find out. Like, I don't think we hid the body well enough, all this stuff. So they, she's talking to her boyfriend because she, well, about to be boyfriend. So I'm just going to call him her boyfriend, Aaron. And she's trying to not tell him what happened. And she's trying not to mention Chile at all. She's like, this is not something you want. I want to bring up. Like, I'm getting, like, emotional about it. Like, I just had to bury a guy, you know, for my best friend. So she gets home. She gets off the plane. And Aaron's standing there ready to take her home. But she didn't know that. He just surprised her at the airport and said, hey, it's late. I figured you'd want a, a ride back. This is where I'm really glad that your sister doesn't watch, like, crime documentaries mm-hmm. or shit like that. Because... I feel like it'd be really hard for her to get away with my murder. And like, these these girls have done this before, but they're amateurs. You got to chop off the hands so they can't use the fingerprints to ID them. Take out the teeth. Knock out the teeth. Mm -hmm. Like, come on. And then try to shave the head bald so they don't have hair DNA. That's that's if their DNA is in a system somewhere. Still, why would you take that risk? You got to shave off the hair. But there's always going to be dental records and fingerprints. Very true. So they get home. Um, Emily goes home. And on this Chile trip, Kristen had already suggested that Emily and her should do like a six-month like trip around the world kind of thing. That they should uh, take a hiatus from their jobs and like just go out and do this thing. And she's like, hey, I, I really can't. Like, I'm, I think this relationship is going somewhere. Like, I'm really excited. Like, it's not, it's, you know, I think getting serious and I can't just quit my job. Like, I, I actually enjoy what I do. And you can tell, like, Kristen's kind of upset, but, like, she's not. I just want to know what the fuck this bitch does that she's like, oh, yeah, I can take six months off of work and travel the fucking world. Well, she, like, they were going to quit their jobs, not just take off fucking what yeah like how much money you got saved up exactly where you been getting this money from mm-hmm. what you been doing yeah yeah so i should be a detective i'm i'm asking the right questions you really are and the funny part is like i really liked this book um and i was like i think i was maybe not even halfway through and i was like I know what's happening, but I was like, I can see it unraveling, but I was like, if it goes another way, then I'm just stupid because it's, it's too, it feels too obvious, but the way that the, the author Andy unraveled things, it, it was obvious, but not too obvious, you know, like her Mm -hmm. past was still hidden, but you, you felt like things were still off. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, with two murders this early in the the book, yeah, something is off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. So when Aaron picks up Emily from the airport, he notices dirt under her fingernails and she kind of goes like loses it. And like she tries not to like say like, oh, my God, like, what do I say? Like what? Like, I can't tell him I'm I was burying a dude like hours ago, you know? I don't know. That's pretty romantic. (laughs) Hey, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, I like long walks up these mountains under starlight and then who knows maybe we could bury a body or two (laughs) (laughs) so she she decides because of her her being so anxious about everything and thinking she was gonna get caught and she was like well you know it was self-defense like that that's her whole thinking the whole time is um is that you know it's self-defense Kristen was was getting attacked it's self-defense like she had to do something because i wasn't there to help her you know so she you know emily decides to start therapy um even though Kristen says hey you really shouldn't do that because they can kind of see through you therapists can see through you you know they they they're that's their job is to dive into things and you know figure out what you mean by your you know metaphors or whatever so she's like, I really don't encourage you to go to a therapy. You got this. Like, just stay quiet. You got this. And so she's back in her own town. She's, um, you know, having a good time with her her boyfriend, Aaron. And her doorbell rings. And who is it? None other than Kristen. Of course. And she says that she's in town visiting her grandparents. And she's acting like everything's normal. And then... That she like she wasn't just assaulted, you know, a few days ago in Chile, and had to bury a guy, you know. So it kind of freaks Emily out because she's like, "Well, this this is weird. You should you should feel guilt, or you should be upset that you were assaulted. Like this is a real thing. You I should was feel gone. something. Yeah, other than acting completely normal, like too chipper is is mm-hmm. kind of how she explained it, because she was like. I was down and out for a whole year after my assault right. and I didn't even get raped. It was just, he pushed me up against a wall, tried to take off my clothes. But like, she was like, it took a whole year to get almost normal again. And then yeah. this just spun me again. How are you? Okay. So she tries to, um, she tries to keep asking Kristen, like what, like, is she okay? Like what's, does she want to talk about anything? And Kristen's very like uh, paranoid. So she's always like, well, if you need to talk, I suggest we turn off our phones and go somewhere else. Because she thinks the computer, the tablet, the phone, everything, your watch, it all listens to you, which in reality it does. But she thinks that it's going to send out like an, you know, an EVP for like you killing a dude, you know. You mean an ABP? Yeah, that. Oh, EVP is for ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> so silly. So, so then, go send that EVP out there. <laughs> Let them ghosties know I'm the one that just gave them a new friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Emily knows that Kristen has a little bit of trauma in her life, anyways. Like, mm-hmm. so she's just thinking that this is a lot for her, and her way of coping is to act normal. Mm-hmm. So her a little background on Kristen is her parents died in a house fire when she was young. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. So she grew up with her grandparents, but their her grandparents are very like critical of her and like an A is not good enough, you know, in school or like 
you could always do something better. So they're very critical of her and she's always felt like that pressure. Hmm. So Emily asks, cause she, she doesn't really want Kristen to stay with her while she's visiting, but she doesn't come out and say that. She's like, that's rude. If she wants to stay, she wants to stay. Right. But I personally don't want her here because I'm going through trauma myself and she's acting really weird by all of this seeming normal to her. So she, Kristen's gram, like she says that she's going to stay at her grandparents' house. So Emily goes to drop her off there and she, you know, talks to her grandparents, Kristen's grandparents, and they have a good conversation. And uh, her grandma insists that her and Emily trade contact information. So uh, nothing really goes by um, other than, you know, a few conversations like uh, between this time, Emily introduces Kristen to her boyfriend, Aaron. So her boyfriend, Aaron, thinks she's a wonderful, you know, friend. She, you know, all this stuff. Like Kristen's really putting out that front that everything's fine. And she even starts bringing up like to Aaron, to her grandparents in front of Emily, Chili and their their trip and emily's like why would you bring this up like you know what happened on this trip like this is scary like why would you why would you continuously bring up a trip that we had to bury a man on you know so that kind of goes past and not a lot really happens during that time other than that but for emily's 30th birthday Kristen plans like this cute little scavenger hunt and helps Aaron pick out a gift for Emily. Here's the weird thing. And this is what started my brain to get turning, right? Please tell me she buys her a fucking shovel. No. That would be like that a collapsible shovel. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. But no, I she gets like, she goes, I think, more creepy with it. So she, she tells and helps Aaron pick out a wallet that looks almost exactly like the wallet that was stolen on Emily in Chile. It's green. It's like this cute little wallet. And she actually thought for a second that somehow Kristen found Emily's wallet and gave it to Aaron to give to her as a gift. But in closer inspection, it, it's a new wallet. There's subtle differences but it looks exactly like the one that was stolen in Chile. Weird, right? Very weird. It's a little creepy. Like it, it seems like a little weird. And he even says, like, "Oh, you know, you're, you know, Kristen helped me, um, you know, pick out a gift for you because I didn't really know what you would like. And you know, as her, as your best friend, I just thought it'd be really cool, cool to get her, like, a, you know, her mm-hmm. thoughts, you know. So." She, this whole scavenger hunt starts at, at work. So she, or actually it starts at her house. So she wakes up and this whole scavenger hunt is also pretty creepy when you read about it. Um, when you dive closer into it, because she wakes up, she goes to make her cup of coffee in her favorite mug. And at the bottom of the mug, it says a little riddle and it's like, you know, something about going to work. So she goes to work and then gets another riddle. Goes to a coffee shop where her boyfriend works. He's there. That's when he gives her the gift. And then has another riddle about going back to work and talking to her boss. 
So she talks to her boss and he goes, yeah, uh, your, your best friend called and said, um, it asked if you could have like the next day and a half off because she has like this cute little surprise for you. And so he tells her to go and to have a good birthday and all this stuff, but she doesn't really want to spend any time with Kristen. Like she feels like she's just acting so weird about this like whole just forgetting about what happened in Chile or like you know she's just acting so weird that Emily doesn't want to spend time with her anymore and she feels bad that she doesn't why would you feel bad about not wanting to hang out with a fucking murderer exactly but she doesn't know that and I think that's why I love this this story so much is because Emily is not she's not just an oblivious character you know like she it's true of it's real events that happened with her at least and she was not able to see what transpired before uh Kristen killed this the second guy you know Mm -hmm. so she honest to god believes you know well it's self-defense she she was attacked like that's not okay um so it's not like she's just stupid and just like believing anything like Kristen says but she's also learning to like think for herself too because she also has like parents that are are you know weird and mean and cruel and mm-hmm. like she's always used to being manipulated by them so she's kind of starting to kind of see through Kristen and be like this is weird that she's acting so normal about everything so for her surprise uh Kristen says that they that she's going to take Emily to her grand to Kristen's grandparents lake house for her birthday weekend well that night she was supposed to go to a dinner with her boyfriend Aaron but Kristen said well I just I already talked to him and, and we're we're going and he's fine that that you're not you're not coming with or that you're not going to dinner with him so he he says he's also fine with it that he doesn't care that they don't have dinner and that it can happen a different time so Kristen takes Emily to her to Kristen's grandparents lake house and she Emily starts to wonder if Kristen had convinced her that Emily's ex-boyfriend Colin was really controlling to the like because because she says throughout the whole book up until this time like you know, her ex was very controlling. He was manipulative. He was jealous all the time. And she starts to wonder, was it truly Colin that was like that? Or, or was Kristen? it Kristen that was jealous? That yeah. transpired and made her think that it's Colin. Mm. So Kristen's grandma sends Emily uh, an article about Paulo, the guy that they killed in Chile. And the guy that Kristen killed. And that his body has been found and a wealthy family has put up, put up an award. And this family is from California. Why, why is her grandmother sending them this article? Because she says, oh my goodness, I am so, like, I'm always so afraid of you girls traveling by yourself because of things like this. And then sends the article about this guy getting murdered in Chile. She's like, ha, ha, funny story. <laughs> we did that. That was me. Me. That, that, that was Kristen. That was me. I did that. That yeah. was me. It was all me. And in this lake house, though, there's no Wi-Fi. 
there's a hot spot. There's like no Wi-Fi anywhere. Like it's horrible cell service. So Chris or like Emily asks Kristen for like the hotspot and that's when they get this email. So Kristen or I mean sorry, Emily also gets a very weird message from the grandma personally asking about Kristen and her mental health and saying, I just want to make sure you're both okay. So it was it was worded a weird way and I can't I don't have the book right here to like open it up and show you but it's a very weird way like she sends the article to both of them and says i'm so worried that you girls travel alone like that's very scary this could have been you but then she messages emily and was like bitch you alive you good <laughs> like it's it's a very weird like dynamic that like her her grandmother has with Kristen. so her grandmother's like, I taught this girl everything she knows about murdering people. <laughs> and now, I just don't want to see you get murdered too. I like you. <laughs> I like you a lot, bitch. So, <laughs> so the next day, Emily takes a walk in the woods and sees that on a tree that it's Kristen's initials carved into it, uh, along with another initial, J.R., which has been crossed out. So... She starts to think ex-lover, you know, best friend. Like, who was this JR? Hmm. So they head into town um, and a shopkeeper of like this really cute, like antique store tells Kristen um, because Kristen knows the shop owner. Like they since they went up to the lake house a lot when she was little and growing up, like she knew the shop owner very well. And when Emily walks in. The shop owner is like kind of taken back by looking at Emily and Emily's also weird that she's weirded out by her and she tells Emily that she resembles Kristen's childhood friend Jamie which might be the J to the JR dun 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 and when she, when Emily brings it up later to Kristen like about this Jamie and who is she and like oh, she was your best friend. Like, what happened? You know, like, did you guys fall apart? Like, did you not, not have, um, you know, did you guys kind of, like, break up friends? And she's very, like, rude about it and very dismissive about Jamie. But she reveals that Jamie did die in an accident when they were young. Quote, unquote, accident. Mm-hmm. And Kristen says that her, um, she also says, that night when they're like out by the lake and stuff, they're having a good time. They're drinking seltzers or drinking beers or whatever. And Kristen starts opening up a little bit more about the night that her parents died in that fire. And Kristen says, well, my mother wasn't even supposed to be in the house that night. Like she was supposed to be somewhere else. She wasn't supposed to be in the house when they, when the fire was lit. Bitch. What do you mean when the fire was lit? Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Mm -hmm. Give me, give, don't just stop there. Give me more information, motherfucker. And that's what Emily thinks, right? Because she's like, it's a very weird play on words. Like, what do you mean your mother wasn't supposed to be here? Or be in the house, at least. Those are words you shouldn't be playing with. Mm -mm. So she, because she already had weird mixed feelings about it. About Kristen at this point. Like, she was like, do I trust her? Do I believe her? Is she manipulative? Stuff like that. Is she and a then, serial killer? And then she brought that out. So she, ref Emily reflects, and she's like in her, he her head throughout the whole book. And she's like, 
oh my god, Kristen has five people close to her that have passed or ha- whatever happened. Like the two There's been an accident. Yeah, the two um backpackers, her parents and then this friend Jamie, this childhood friend. So when they were outside uh one of the nights by the fire or like by the lake Kristen's building a fire and said and makes the comment I'm good at building fires Hmm. so at this point I'm like fuck Kristen killed her parents like that's insane it's nasty bitch (laughs) oh my god I've done that twice now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I feel like the music was fucking so on point. <laughs> Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. Oh, fuck. Don't say that on podcast. Did, did Kristen kill her parents? That's what she said that that came out. <laughs> Oh my god, that could not have been more perfect timing. Okay. Oh god damn it. (laughs) Sorry, I've been trying to branch the show out onto TikTok while we've been doing this, and I've been trying to take some behind the scenes shots. You don't have to say shit because I'm editing this whole thing out. Okay. Are you good? Yeah, I just like to be, you know, up front with our fucking peoples. Okay. (laughs) So Kristen builds a fire. And you know, they have that night, but the whole time throughout Emily's head is like, this doesn't add up. She says she's good at building fires. Her childhood friend mysteriously dies in an accident. Her parents die in a fire. Mm-hmm. And then these two backpackers, like that's a li- like weird occurrence like that. Like you don't randomly have five people that die in an accident so close to you, you know, throughout your life. So... Emily keeps re- like keeps going to the therapist throughout all this and she tries to not say she like she doesn't say anything about the killings or anything like that but she's just like I feel like Kristen's very manipulative or like very controlling you know things like that. So Emily one night goes downstairs in the lake house basement because she when she brought up her friend Jamie, she's like, oh, well, like, can I see photos of you girls together? Like, you got, uh, you guys seemed like you were close. Like, I would love to see memories of you guys. And she was like, no, no, just very dismissive. And she's like, no, I don't want to talk about her. I don't want to talk. And she's like, oh, okay, that's fine. She was like, I just thought maybe after all this time talking about her, I might make you feel better and, you know, get out your grief and all this stuff. So Kristen's upstairs sleeping and... Emily decides to go downstairs into the basement because she knows like her Kristen's old like yearbooks and stuff like that is down in a box there. So she goes into the box. She finds the box and starts going through a yearbook and old photos and stuff. And every photo with Jamie in it, her face is blotted out in like a black ink. Like she like whoever did it, a.k.a. Kristen, was mad and just like scribbling out her face so 
she is like starting to put pot like things together she's putting puzzles together and she looks up a therapist that Kristen had mentioned seeing as a child and learns that this therapist that Kristen had to go to is also dead no specializes in working with emotionally disturbed children well, obviously this bitch is emotionally disturbed. She yeah. fucking killed a dude and then shows up three days later like, hey, bitch, I'm here. Mm-hmm. So, she's, Emily, st- she's down with the sickness. That's how disturbed she is. Yeah. So, Emily discussed Kristen in all of her therapy sessions. And when she's in her ther- therapy session one day, after they get back from this trip and everything, she hears like a soft knock on the door when she's in the room with the therapist. And the therapist, like, it kind of makes her jump because she's talking about Kristen and how, like, she can't believe her anymore and doesn't, like, she's dealing with a lot of struggles internally. And then this knock, like, this knock at the door. And the therapist says, oh, you know, we'll, we'll be out in a minute kind of thing. And she's like, she, they probably just thought it was the bathroom, you know, it's down the hall. And she's like, oh, okay, okay. And she goes, the, they finish up their session. She goes out to the, the waiting room to leave. And Kristen's right there in the waiting room. And before this, wait for this, because I forgot this little tidbit. There's a notebook that the therapist always wrote in for her notes. This session, the notebook wasn't there. And she was writing on like a separate pad of paper. She goes, oh, what happened to your notebook? And she's like, I I misplaced it. And she's like, you lost it? And she goes, no, 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 no. It's in my office. She goes, I just, I was in a rush and, and I, I didn't have the time to grab it. And she's like, hmm. Somebody's like, and then thinking in turn, like somebody stole this therapist's like Notes. notebook of all of our thoughts, like everybody's. And then she starts thinking, would Kristen do that? Like, would she really go find the therapist that I'm talking to, steal her notebook to see if I was talking about her or bringing up Chile or Cambonia about everything bad about ha- what happened to us? And so then she sees her out in the waiting room and it really throws her for, for a tailspin. And she goes home and she kind of processes this and she's like, okay, well, Kristen really loves puzzles and codes and stuff. And she, before she leaves the waiting room, Kristen even mentions like, you know, we're in like the whole book. She's always like, we're in this together. You know, we're, we're in this together. Like this is, this is us between the world kind of thing. And, you know, us against the world. uh, Yeah. Us against the world. Thank you. It's us between worlds. Us between worlds, bitch. Different dimensions. <laughs> so she mentions, oh, remember in my um, happy birthday card for you, the last line, I'm telling you, it's very, very true to how I feel about you. And she's like, okay. So <clears throat> she's like, you know, thank you. Like, that's so sweet. Like, because she's thinking the last line that says, like, I'll be there for you anytime. You just let me know. Like, I'm always there for you no matter what. Well, then she takes in, like, oh, my gosh, the 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 codes and the puzzles that she loves so much. They do puzzles. It's like every first letter of every word or every last letter of every word makes out a code. And she looked at not the PS, like, note in the, the, in the letter, but in the very last line in the letter and the the code said dropbox 
And she was like, Dropbox? Like, that's weird. Like, why would it say Dropbox? So then she thinks Dropbox, like, on your computer. So she goes onto the site Dropbox and then logs in and then sees a folder labeled, like, I forget what it was labeled, but it was like an odd label. Or it said, I think, uh, where they went the first time in Cambodia. And in there was just one photo and it was Emily and the guy that assaulted her and died that night hmm. in, in a photo together, like hugging arm around each other kind of thing. And she's like thinking, why would she send me this? Like, is she trying to blackmail me? Like saying that she has this dirt on me? Like that's really fucked up. So she gets physically ill and then a knock at her door. She goes downstairs. It's Kristen at the door. And she's like, hey, like at this point, she's terrified. She's like, oh, my God, I think my best friend's trying to blackmail me or like pin me on in this murder murder. Like this is sketchy. So she's like, hey, I, I really don't feel good. I don't want to hang out. Like, I'm, I'm so sorry, but I just I really think I need to get to bed. I, I felt ill. I got sick, you know. So Kristen's like, oh, I'll take you up. I'll take you back up to your room. I'll take you back up to bed. So she gets into bed and she's like, okay, bye, you know, bye, Kristen. And Kristen's like, okay, I'll, I'll see you later. I'll let myself out. You know, I'll lock the door for you. Well, she can still feel like her presence in the room. And she looks over and she's like, why were you looking up my therapist? And she's like, what, what do you mean? And she's like, why were you looking up? Jamie because she looks up Jamie and realizes that it wasn't an accident of how she died it was a suicide hmm. Su- you know in mm-hmm. parentheses suicide so then she's like why were you looking up these things like do you do you not trust me to like like what are you doing and then there was even a tab for the fire that happened to her parents and like that news article She's like, what, what, are you, what are you doing, like, searching about my life? Like, that's weird. Like, that, you're getting, like, really, like, you've been weird and, like, you're getting very controlling, I think. Like, this is, this is crossing the line, Emily. And she's like, why would you send me that photo of me? And the guy's name was Sebastian, who they killed in Cambodia the first trip. And she's like, well, why would you send me a photo of me and Sebastian? Like, that's weird. Like, it feels like blackmail. And she goes, um you killed him and emily's like what you killed him and she's like i did not kill him i came into the room and you were kicking him in the head again and again and again i did not kill him and like getting very defensive and like blaming it on emily that she killed him and then she emily or kristen leaves because she's like so upset apparently leaves the house and emily's like spiraling and then she thinks that she's remembering these occurrences wrong Mm -hmm. she's like well was it my foot hitting him am i thinking of it wrong am i remembering it wrong that it wasn't her foot hitting it it's mine and she's like going through this she's spiraling spiraling and she goes or she tries to go to bed and she tries to ignore Kristen, but Kristen starts sending her photos or texts and stuff very threatening and saying if, you know, if you don't come to my house or to my grandma's house, like soon, I'm going to leak this photo. I'm going to, I'm going to report it and say that, you know, you did this and 
you know, they'll come to you about this guy, Paulo, for, from Chile. So she's like, you have, I think she said like 20 minutes to get to my house. So she's speeding down the highway. She's got, she gets to her house. She goes into the house, like freaking out. And she kind of talks Kristen down. And Kristen goes, I didn't want to bring this up. But here. And like pulls out a bag of all the burnt stuff of the passport, the wallet, all this guy's stuff from Chile in a bag and says, I still have this too. She's like, why would you keep that? Like that, that's fucked up. Why would you keep something like that? We killed the guy. Like you killed him. I came into the room, you killed him. And why would you keep that? Like that's such big evidence against us. And she basically tries to say like, if you tell anybody we're going down together, like we're in this together. So if I go down, you're coming with me because I have the photo of you and Sebastian and I have all this stuff from, from the guy in Chile. So she's like a bitch ain't going down alone. Yeah. Captain's going down with the ship. Guess what? First mate, you coming too. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> she, Emily decides like, cause she, she tells her, she's like, you know, I, I can't like no, nothing will happen like Christian. I won't say anything. You won't say anything like we're fine. Everything's fine. We're best friends. It's fine. So she's like, okay. Like, and then Kristen kind of like perks up again. Like, okay, we'll have a good time. Have a good night. Like, thanks for coming over. Gives her a hug and sends her on their way. She's sitting down in her car, freaking out. Like, what do I do? Like, my friend is crazy. She has all this evidence on us, all this dirt. And then she feels, she hears a knock at her car window. She looks over. It's Kristen's grandmother with a very serious look on her face, kind of like concerned and scared. And she says like a few like choice words to Kristen and like, Hey, just want to make sure you're okay. And like, everything's good here. And like that you're fine. And you and Kristen are fine because she realizes Kristen's past more than Emily does. Mm -hmm. So she knows that her granddaughter is fucking crazy. And she's trying to talk to Emily and like calm her down. Well, then Kristen comes out and scares both of them and says, what are you guys doing over here? What, what are you guys talking about? And, she's, and the grandmother's like, oh, she, she forgot her sweater in the house. So I was just bringing it out to her because I still saw her in the driveway. And she was like, oh, okay. Well, we better get inside, Grandma. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be right there. I'm coming. And they leave. So Emily decides that she needs to leave town, but she wants to do like a weekend trip with, to Phoenix with her boyfriend, Aaron. So she is, they're on the plane and she's, she sees on the news that a witness account of a girl with brown hair and an American accent was seen with Paulo the last moments of his life that he was seen. And so Kristen turns up in Phoenix, obviously, because why not? And her and Emily argue. And she's like, oh, my God, like, I'm horrified. Like, this witness count is clearly about me and not Kristen. But, like, we're both kind of go down for it, whatever. And so they go off on a walk. She's, uh, Emily sends Aaron up to their room and says, hey, like, you know, we're just kind of go around the bend to talk. They turn off their phones and they go to talk about this stuff. Well, Emily, they're, they're starting to fight. And Emily gets so frustrated that she pushes Kristen and then doesn't realize 
that they were right next to a cliff. So Christian goes off the cliff. And she's still alive. She's, like, holding on. And, like, Emily's like, oh, my God, what did I do? She helps her up, pulls her up. It's a very big tailspin at the end of this book. And I, I like, went crazy when I was reading it. So, <laughs> so Emily tried, like basically tries to kill Kristen and then saves her. So she's fine. But then Kristen sees a car hurtling towards them. And so she pushes Emily out into the middle of like the road because she Emily Emily tells her like I did not mean to do that like I don't know what came over me like I I'm, I'm not a killer like you killed those people I didn't do that like I I can't believe I tried to kill you like I didn't mean to kill you and she's like well I did and pushes her and then the car swerves just in time but knocks Kristen like hits her and the driver was actually Aaron hmm so Jamie's mother shows up when Kristen and Aaron are both in the hospital because they were both very much injured and both in surgery, critical surgery. And Jamie's mother is is Kristen's like godmother. So she shows up with the husband and she tells Emily that Jamie was being abused by her coach when they were younger and it was Kristen's father and being like sexually abused. So she starts to explain that Jamie was the one that started the fire and then killed herself two weeks after this. And that's why Kristen's so crazy. And she, she saw Jamie start the fire, but she never said anything to like the publicity or cops or anything. But she even says like the whole way, like talking about their life and like Jamie's life was that Kristen always egged Jamie to do bad things. So like, she said that she walked, she was telling Emily, she walked into the room one day and Jamie was holding a doll with the body in this hand and the head in the other. And she was like, why would you do that? And she was like, I don't know. I don't know why I did this. I don't know why I broke it. And she's like, Kristen, did you do that? And she's like, no, it was her. She's crazy. I don't know why she would break her doll like that. Well, she had a camera in the um, room and she saw Kristen pull apart the doll and hand it to Jamie. And so it's kind of like that poltergeist kind of thing. Like, the you know, Toby told me to do it, you know. Mm -hmm. It's very much like Kristen is like the, ga you know, she gaslights you. She's very manipulative. She makes you think that it was your choice to do those bad things. Right. So hmm. they're on their way back to the hospital, like uh, another day, the like day after. And she gets, uh, Emily gets noticed that Kristen, or Kristen dies uh, and she didn't make the surgery. And Aaron has no memory of the accident, but only the stuff leading up to it. And so she talks to Aaron and she tells him everything. And she's like, okay, this is what happened in Cambodia. I was uh, assaulted. Um, Kristen came in and she hurt him and killed him out of self-defense because she saw he was hurting me. And he's like, well, I'm so sorry. Like, that's crazy. So he doesn't like blame Aaron or like Emily at all you know like he's like well that's I'm so sorry that happened to you and then she brings up Chile and that Kristen killed another guy claiming self-defense but in all of this stuff coming out about like the auto autopsy and all this stuff fentanyl refinol rufinol roofies yeah rufinol was in his system when he died 
and she noticed in her in sorry Emily noticed in Kristen's bag when she was trying to get her stuff for the hospital Rufinol was in there hmm. so she kind of put it together and her her dad and her granddad worked at this like pharmacy like was a farm pharmaceutical company so she's easily able to get this stuff so she's like holy shit like it wasn't by accident like she was not assaulted this man was roofied and then she killed him so she figures out a lot of stuff after Kristen dies and Aaron's fine with all the, like the whole story. He believes her that it wasn't her doing. It was right. Kristen. Kristen has a fucked up mind. Like she's a crazy person. And like the public and everything like harasses them for like the following time. But Aaron does say, cause she's like, why were you coming in the car? Like you were speeding towards us on the cliff. And he was like, well, he was like a sketch came out about who was last seen with the guy in in Chile and it was it, it was Kristen and it was her and it was her sketch that the witness put together it was her face and it was her photo and all this stuff so he was like I thought you were, were in real danger so I came to come save you and she's like that's so crazy because she tried to kill me you know she tried to make it look like you were gonna run me over but you pull the steering wheel just just in time but like she gets they get harassed by the public because they're like you know they're they they were told like in the public like oh they were ganging up on Kristen like they did all the killings and Kristen was gonna expose them and so then they you know they killed her because they killed her because like it you know they didn't want it, the truth getting out right so Emily decides to do like a media interview to help pay Aaron's bills. And then at the very end, um, this is what I, why I love this book so much is because it feels like you can get like a, another book out of this because they go on an, it ends Aaron and Emily going on another trip. And this one woman like is like another traveler, you know, English or whatever. She comes over and she's like, Oh, you guys are such a cute couple. Like, this is so cute. Like, where, where are you guys from? And they're like, oh, we're, we're from America. We're Americans. And she's like, oh, to be young and in love again. Well, I, I didn't hear your name. What's your names again? And instead, and Emily, without even hesitating, says, this is my boyfriend, Dan, and I'm Joan. So uses fake names again to this wo woman that seems very friendly and that's how it ends. Hmm. So my theory is if she wanted to write a second book that either they're just a normal couple that just travel the world and use a fake name or they're going to continue doing like they're going to be continuously put in these wrong occurrences where people end up dying. Where there's murder. Yeah, because <laughs> there's always been murder on her trips. Right. So I feel like it might still continue even now that it's. Mm -hmm. Aaron instead of like I think Aaron took the place of Kristen. Mm. And I think it's a very interesting thing that that Andy as author author did to this book. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Interesting. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, 
See, I thought what you were going to say was like, it threw you for a loop at the end because there was like a bonus chapter where it was like... From Kristen's point From of view. Kristen's point of view in Chile, and it actually had been Emily that killed the dude. I would have loved that. Yeah. I think... I think... And I, I told um, Deanna this, and I told um, one of my other coworkers who did read this as well. We loved the book. We thought it was very well written. She's a fantastic author. Mm-hmm. And and the in the middle where it's like the riddles and the puzzles, like that was a really cool like addition. But we mentioned how we thought it would be really it would have been really cool if she added like another little like spin in the middle to throw you off of Kristen. Mm-hmm. Like Emily had already been thinking self like bad self thoughts of like, oh my god, it might be me, you know? But it's kind of like one of those things, do you believe that she's just crazy and that she's making up that Kristen's the the evil one and that she's truly evil? Or is she truly being manipulated by her friend? Right. But I liked this book for the fact that Kristen was so relatable, relatable as a villain. Because she's, it's, she had a lot of stuff bad happen to her. Outside of the murder with the manipulation mm-hmm. and the controlling nature, mm-hmm. we've all had a Kristen in our lives. Oh, 100%. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yep. she's a very manipulative person, and we've always, everybody's had, like, a manipulative person in their life. I was married to one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and I think I think that's what made it so much more relatable as a villain in the char- in the story, because she, she was also, by what I've, by what I've read, like, she was also abused by her dad as well, so it would make sense for her to want to kill her dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it wasn't her. It was supposedly her friend. But you you still are uncertain if it was Kristen's... If she pushed her to do to it. To do it, yeah. And then Jamie felt so bad that she killed herself. And she could have even pushed her to that. Exactly. And then Emily, you know, it could have been the same trend, you know. She pushes her to do these awful things makes her feel guilty, makes her feel like she needs Kristen to live and then offs herself and she just repeats this process. Mm. I I just I really like the book. I like the the thoughts of the the character from the main point of view. I thought it was very interesting because she it was v- very back and forth. Like, well, I'm the crazy one. No, Kristen's the crazy one. She's the villain. No, I might be the villain. I can't tell Aaron. No, I can tell Aaron. He would trust me. He would believe me. So it's very back and forth that I like and then you try to learn you know, what's up with this grandmother figure? You know, she must know something. What's up with Jamie's parents? They have to know something. Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of like that, which I, I really liked. Mm. Well, good book. Yeah. I, I definitely Seems said I'd give it a, I would give it a four, four stars. Four out of five stars. I would give it question mark. Agreed. I would give it question mark. Because you didn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> TBD, to be decided. True. Yeah. yeah, but I, I think if if people like a thriller that's not technically, like, crazy, like, everybody's dying kind of thing. Like some Jack Carr stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think this thriller is, like, a very easy thriller to get into. And, like, it doesn't, it doesn't keep you awake at night, but it makes you think about your own family and friends. So, like, there's always, like, it gives you that portion of thinking, but it's not, like... 
oh my god i can't sleep you know but it's like who would try and manipulate me to murder yeah Hmm. like who who would do that to me you would you you really (laughs) would taylor you should do it here's a knife (laughs) you can get away with it i will help you hide the body and then you'd save all the evidence against me here's the knife Here's Put all knife. your fingerprints over it. Mm-hmm. It's like, why are you wearing a glove? Don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry, worry about, about it. it. Don't, don't worry, worry about, about it. it. Why are you taking pictures? Oh, I just thought we would want to remember this. <laughs> I thought we would want to remember. Damn. Thought you would enjoy it. Well, that is all for this week. I still have yet to make a decision on that next week's I was book. about to ask you that. I still have yet to make a decision on that. We've been doing a lot of Jack Carr and... Most of the time when I pick a book, it's all been fantasy. Mm-hmm. But I think what I'm going to do, where are we at here? Okay. So what I think I'm going to go with next week mm-hmm. is, I guess it's like a historical fiction okay. book. Uh, we are, so... There is a Netflix series that just ended called The Last Kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent series. And what's the book called again? It's the first book in the series is called The Last Kingdom. Oh, it is. Yes. The series is called The Saxon Stories. It is by Bernard Cromwell. Cornwell. Who apparently is able to actually trace his ancestry back to the character he bases his main character off of. Mm. Uhtred of Beppenberg. So think next week we will do the last kingdom kind of start a new series saga for us mm-hmm. and um yeah we'll we'll uh we'll talk about utrid fighting some vikings yeah and fighting with vikings i'm trying to decide just as like a, a future thing if i want to do the second book in from blood and ash or talk about my poetry book yeah we can do either mm-hmm. but we are also less than one month away from the premiere of the Terminal List series Woo-hoo! on Amazon Prime. July 1st, which I think is a perfect time for that show to come out, yes. right next to uh, July 4th. Uh, so Yes, and I am very excited for that. And do not be surprised if you see a live episode from us going over that. We might have to do a, a discussion episode on the first episode mm-hmm. of the show. And the differences between the book and in the show. Yes. I think that'd be fantastic. So if you guys want to see that, we're probably going to do it anyways. But if you guys want to see that. Let us know. Let us know. Send us a, send us a message. Say you want to see it. Um, and if you have any, you know, comments, questions, concerns, shoot us a message. If you want to see another uh, book be talked about on the show, let us know. We would love to take it into consideration. Yes, and you will be can find us on Facebook at the Off the Books Podcast fan page, which I think is just the page at this point. You can also find us on Instagram at Off mm-hmm. the Books, Off the Books Podcasts. Yeah, Off the Books Podcasts on Instagram and then Off the Books on I think we're on Facebook. On Yeah, on Facebook, but I think we're off the book podcasts as well. And uh, I am going to try and start posting some ticking and talkings of us, of some behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, You can find me on TikTok at I'm Artorius. (laughs) 
Don't and, judge me. And yes, we're on uh, Facebook as the same. Um, as Instagram. our Instagram. Yeah, as okay. our Instagram tag. So um, just find us. We, we have our off the books uh, logo up on there. So easy to find us. It's the library card. Yes. And tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbor, tell the tell your enemies, tell your coworker down the hallway. You know what? Go out to the street corner in your local city and just shout it to the rooftops. Check out Off the Books podcast. And do it because he will come and find you and he will make you watch. I will. Have you ever seen the picture of the the kid following his sister up the driveway with the with the trumpet? Mm-hmm. That's going to be me to you if you don't <laughs> if you don't do what I'm asking you, except there'll be a tuba with a megaphone taped to it. Oh, that's hilarious. So, follow us on Spotify, follow us on on Apple, follow us on Google. Google Podcast, Amazon Podcast, Anchor Podcast. Anchor Podcast, we're everywhere. Tell everyone. We've actually been getting a pretty sizable international listener base now. So yeah. to all of our listeners that are not from the United States, we have yet to give you guys a shout out. But all of you are getting my shout outs this week. I agree. I like that. Everybody not from the U.S., you, you, you're you amazing. Thank you so much for, for finding us and for listening each week. Or, you know, even if it's one episode, we really appreciate your listens mm-hmm. and your, your support, no matter how big or small. So, yeah. um, you know. Thank you. Fifteen percent of our listener base is not in this country. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 Thank you to our friends in Canada, Germany, the Philippines, Australia, Israel, India, the United Kingdom, Saudi Arabia, France, the United Arab Emirates, Algeria, Austria, Portugal, Sweden, Kenya, Greece, Sri Lanka, Croatia, and Malaysia. Wow. Thank you guys. We, we really appreciate we that. We really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. And we're just glad that we are putting out product that you guys are interested in hearing. Mm-hmm. So, from all of us at here at Off the Books, just like always, we want to tell you to make sure you keep that shit off the books. Have a great and wonderful week. And we'll see you next time. See you guys.